What's up, y'all? I'm Mateo. And I'm Mike. And we are on Patreon. Get on the bus, you guys. Get your bus pass. We put out an additional episode every week where we answer questions from you. Or sometimes we may just get off on a tangent about something important or cool that happened that day or a couple days ago. Yeah, it's Otiel and I catching up and you are invited. So if you head to patreon.com slash comes a time pod, uh, you can join us. Uh, you can get the bus pass. We have some incredible merch coming soon. Uh, we've got a lot of great surprises. So uh, we would love to have you guys head on over. Yes. Most of all, we want to connect with you. So uh, get on the bus, y'all. Welcome back to the Comes a Time podcast. I'm O'Teal. And I am Mike. And uh, we've got another doozy for you, folks. Um, we have, you and I geeked out right off the bat about comedy and music and you being a musician, me being a comedian. We have a lot of the same heroes. And today we got to talk to, I mean, maybe the quickest hour ever, George Wallace, one of the most, I mean, legendary 40-year veteran of comedy. Um, writer for Red Fox, like, I mean, record holding tenure in Vegas, some of the history of, of comedy. I mean, he's been there through so much of it and, uh, absolutely honored to have him on the show today. Yeah. It was amazing talking to him. I forgot somehow like all the decades that he wrote for uh, Jerry Seinfeld, you know, and, uh, their whole tight friendship and, you know, I saw him in Birmingham, Alabama. So seeing a black guy named George Wallace in Birmingham, Alabama, back in like the early nineties, you're like, not that George Wallace, right? <laughs> the cool George, Wallace. the cool George Wallace. <laughs> it was really something. He just, man, he's amazing. We we laugh so hard. We do have to have him back because we didn't even get to ask him about the protests and all these other stuff. It just was like. Phew! Yeah, there's that. And then also, like so many of the guests that we've had so far, an hour goes really, really quick. And I think that people are just dying to talk these days because we're staring at the wall. Um, he touched upon a couple of things that I had no idea about. He had a career in sales that, yeah. I mean, he sold the billboards in Times Square in the 70s before he did stand up. And that and for like 500 buses in New I York know, City. Too. I know to have a successful sales career in the seventies walking around the city. And I mean, I just wanted to talk, like talk to him about what that was like. So we're definitely going to have him back and uh, we hope you guys enjoy. And as always um, we are part of the Osiris media family home to incredible music and culture podcasts. So head over to osirispod.com and check out all the great podcasts. And if you are loving comes a time like we are, head over and give us a review, a like, a share, tell your friends and uh, support as much as you can. We'd love for you to be a part of the family. So enjoy George and we'll catch you next week, everybody. Peace. Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. 
Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. All right. Welcome, George Wallace. Mr. Wallace. What is it? Mr. Wallace? George? Who's there with me? It is Dr. Wallace, okay? It is Dr. Wallace. Let's make this perfectly clear before. Do you hear me okay? Dr. Wallace, okay? Dr. Wallace. Why do they call me Dr. Wallace? Don't you feel better already just talking to me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because we know yeah. laughter is the greatest medicine in the world. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Come to my office, all my, and I see my patients at one time, and I see them all at one time, never late. That's right. I and guess my I patients, be called. when they walk out, the waiting room is the emergency room. I do the operation, the procedures, <laughs> everything on them right there, and they pay me the same thing they pay to see a regular doctor. I guess I should be Nurse Mike because I'm funny, but not as funny as the doctor. So I wait. I don't know that you might be a specialist. You might be. You might be a, a, a gastrologist, anesthesiologist. Oh, that's the one, right? No, you don't Gas want to be an anesthesiologist. You don't want to be a comedian and an anesthesiologist. You don't want. Oh to yeah, that's that. right. You put them to sleep. Yeah, yeah. You You're the hallucinologist. A hallucinologist. Hallucinologist. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I said gastroenterologist because that means that you're like an asshole. You know. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true too. We kind of all are a little. Huh? Yeah, but I, I had a, I'm going to get. I, I need to get a colonoscopy right now and an endoscopy. I had one the last time, and I had both the last time. Endoscopy and a colonoscopy, and. Uh, I didn't taste nothing. I, let me tell you something. I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't, what are you laughing at? I didn't taste anything. <laughs> have you guys, so you're not old enough to have a colonoscopy yet, are you? I've yeah, had I have one. Yeah. What I do you mean three. you've had one? You, you, you're supposed to get it at, now they're saying 45. And so what are you, 35? 30? <laughs> I had, oh man, if I had, am I due for another one? No. I had it 45. Yeah, I'm 55. You're 55 years old? I am. Doesn't too. he look great? You lie more than you're a bullshitter. You let me tell you something. You're not 55 years old. I'm. I'm a bullshitter. I'm not a. I want to be the greatest bullshitter in the world. But Trump is kicking my ass in the bullshit department. I'm just going to tell you that Trump is kicking my ass. But yeah, he sure. You're is. a young looking 55. I still don't believe you. But and and uh, uh, how old are you? Me. I'm uh, 91. <laughs> He looks great. <laughs> I look great. No, I'm 40, and I look like shit. <laughs> it's that comedy life, doctor. It's uh, Listen, uh it's really comedy it is good, us. isn't it? Comedy yeah, is so good. Yeah, it really is. It, it really, it's uh, you know, the 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 movie uh, comedian that your pal Jerry Seinfeld made. Uh, yes, that was the reason why I started doing stand up. Uh, I watched right? it at a small theater outside of Yale, and uh, oh, hold watched, on a second. Hold, hold on, hold on for a second. Did you say outside of Yale? Yeah, like New Haven. Does that mean you studied inside of Yale? No, 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 no. Okay, okay, me then. okay. No, I grew up on the I grew up in the shadows of uh, okay. those beautiful buildings. What a beautiful city that is, uh, New Haven, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where I grew up. And, oh man, uh, that's a college town. There's nothing like that. So you saw at a small theater. It was a little tiny theater that's no longer open. And I think the scene that struck me the one of the most 
like uh the scene that really made me want to be a comic was watching you and Colin and Jerry sit at the olive tree above the comedy cellar and oh, work yeah, out okay. that think tank bit. And you're all yeah. just rapping about, and you're like, sometimes you just don't think, and you're all kind of helping each other with his bit. And it's like, you know, and Colin's like that think tank bit is good. It's good. And just watching you guys. And I thought, man, if I could just be friends with these people, I would die a happy man. It's just, and, it, and, and I went for it and, and it, and, and it worked and it's, really? uh, yeah, and it, so thank you, you for the. Do you have, do you have friends now that you hang out that you can do that? Um, because that's the greatest thing in the world is to try and help each other with a bit. We don't do it as much as uh, I do. I talk to Jerry five times a day, okay? But we did it last night. Here it is right here. I've talked to him every day for 16,155 today, 156 days. 16,000 oh every day. But what we used to do every night after we would uh, leave the club, we go to. Um, Catch a rising star, as you said, Dollar Tree at the uh, cellar. Yeah. We just go sit and have breakfast at four or five o'clock in the morning, and we help with bits. We'd also help with a. Uh, we didn't. The word networking was not around then, but that's how we got work. You should call this guy in Jersey. He's mm -hmm. opening a club. You should call this guy. There's a club down in uh, in um, Philadelphia. Grandma Minnie's paying a hundred dollars a night. And back in the day, that was you know we could jump the train in New York City for nineteen dollars and go down and pick up a hundred dollars a night. Plus, we were working on our craft. And it was just so, so much fun to do. And like yeah. I said, we still do it today, work on bits together. I hope you're doing that with friends and helping each other. And Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it's, it's weird now because we're not able to perform like we were. Uh, I, I had the chance to do a couple of shows last week, uh, really? outdoor shows. Yeah, really? uh, one with Dave Attell. Really? And yeah, yeah. That's a was, funny man. I love him so much, and he's so That's generous and so giving. And but it was nice to be. Every show has the weight. I told O'Teal every show has the weight of a eulogy or like a college graduation speech or some type of like a you know it's it's just like you're letting yeah. it out and you're going I don't know when the next time I'm going to be able to do this is. So it's just well, laying. Every, every joke's got like a I'm holding back tears saying them you know what I mean and it's it's, it's that's great. cool man and thank you so much for doing that I'm not ready yet and it's like Seinfeld we're not ready yet uh, we, of course we've done a hundred thousand shows so yeah. we're not um, uh, comfortable just yet uh, maybe because we're of age and just because the laughter I'm glad you're doing it you're testing testing the waters for us um <laughs> Because yeah. when you're um, articulating or uh, uh, projecting, I spit a lot. I spit a lot. I see my spit sometimes, and I know they do. They've got. They, they need an umbrella, you know. <laughs> and I, I just you can see uh, this gap in this teeth. I spit without even trying. Without even trying. But listen, when you you know when when people laugh, everything is coming out of their guts, coming toward you. So you were even being outside like you, I'm telling the people, they want me to come back. And I said, if you see me, I will be covered in saran wrap. I don't give a, I, I'm not yet. I'm not ready yet. But thank you young guys for going out there. And by the way, when I say young guys, that's like a real compliment. I love to see you young guys working, man. I just love to see you young guys working and doing things. And uh, your language is even different than ours, you know? Well, it's, it's we, what we learned by watching, you know, I grew up listening to, to you guys and Red Fox and, you know, you knew, you, were, you know, I wrote, did you know I wrote, wrote for Red Fox? Yeah. You, you do, you know that? Yeah. I'm, I would You're love to hear it. Well, well um, I, comedy, Otila and I have bonded so much on, on comedy and music and how important they both are as medicine. You being a man of, a man of medicine yourself, being a doctor, you, you know, you know that, <laughs> um, but music is my medicine. 
And, and Otiel has talked about times when he's been on the road where comedy was his medicine and it's perfect balance. You know, we all kind of need that escape. Let me tell you something. When, uh, it, the comedy is such a great medicine that it's, um, even if I'm sick, even if you're sick, we can be sick and we get to that microphone and all of a sudden you can have the worst headache in the world. I don't care what's wrong with you. It just goes away and you're up there for an hour and you go like, oh my God, that was great. And the headache is standing on the side going, come on. <laughs> oh, come on, I'm still here. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still with you. But that's how good laughter is. And I, and I told you, I wrote my book, of course, it's called Laugh It Off. And that's what it says, uh, at, talking about laughter up there. We don't stop laughing because we grow older, but we do grow older because we stop laughing. When you stop laughing, you stop living. And I could talk about that all the time. And I talked to uh, 3,000 doctors last week. And we were just talking about the best medicines. What you need to do is um, give some of your patients a prescription to go to a comedy club. Yes, that's right. Thank God for YouTube, man. YouTube saves me when I get real down. And I did one recently on you, George. Dr. Wallace, excuse me. Actually, you know, it reminds me, I, I went to see comedy long before I was on, even really on the road that much. If I, I was so poor and I would just say, when I had a little money, I'd save up and go to the comedy club. And I went to see you in Birmingham, Alabama, and I knew about you, but I lived in Birmingham, Alabama for 18 years. So I was like, wow, I'm going to see the cool George Wallace in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I said segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. The real George Wallace, me, yes. So you saw me at the comedy, you saw me in Birmingham, oh my God. Oh man, this was a long time ago. This might have been 20 years ago. But you still saw me at the, at the what's the name of the comedy dome? The, 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 I don't even remember because I dome. drove by it one time and didn't realize there was a comedy place there. Back there. Yeah, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, it was like it, it was tucked back. And yeah. I was like, oh, man. And then I saw your name. I was like, I've signed yeah. right up. Yeah, that's you one of That's at Hoover. That that's one of the best comedy clubs in America. Really? Uh, yeah, Hoover. Is, is it Sky Dome? It's, it's, Sky, it's Dome. Kind of, Sky Dome. Star Dome? Star Dome? Star Dome. You got it. Star, Star Dome. Dome. Yes. So Denver. you saw, I'm sure I had a good show because everybody has a good show at the Star Dome, no matter it what. great. You were and, so uh, on, man. And I just felt, like you said, it's like. Well, let, let me tell you something right now. Tell, let me tell you this. I, um, if you think I was good then, I'm really good now. Oh, I know. I've been keeping up. I don't look. I don't know about the last six months because I haven't been on stage, but I'm much better than I was. Whenever you saw me, I was really good then, but I'm really good now. <laughs> I, I like to think I'm still growing. Is that right, Mike? Don't you like to think oh, well, you're still growing? I, I told I told Otiel because we kind of talked ourselves through the pandemic. He came to see me at the cellar the week. March, what, what was that? March 9th, Oteal, I think. And then everything kind of wrapped up. He was at the garden playing the, with the Almond Brothers. And yes. he came to see me at the cellar on an off night. And I told him, I said, I feel like I'm finally getting good. Like, I feel like I was finally okay with the pauses and the patience and the, you know, that I was appreciating the quiet moments on stage more than the, the fear of like, if they're not laughing, I need to fill it in right away with more stuff. Like I was appreciating the pauses and the, the notes I wasn't stuff. playing. And uh -huh. that was where I felt like I could really say, you know, like speak from the heart. And I was starting to get much more honest about my anxiety and about, you know, fears that I have and material was going in that direction. And I was finding a way to be funny about it. And uh, yeah, so I felt like I was growing in a way that, 
you know, and then just studying the greats. It's like jazz, like, you know, watching, going back to like stuff way before I was even, you know, like watching old Lenny Bruce, watching Red Fox. Yeah, Red and, Fox uh, and all of those guys. Listen, I learn something every night. You know, my favorite, I, I'm in the business because of uh, Red Skelton. Yeah. Red Skelton, uh, Red Fox, and that was, uh, that was uh, Red Buttons back in the day. And uh, Pinky Lee, all, all people of color, way before they started saying that. Red Fox, Red Button, and Pinky Lee, all red, people of color. But, you know, Jackie Moms, maybe all the, George Carlin probably is probably uh, my best comedian I don't I, you know it could be between he and Richard I think you're supposed to say Richard Pryor because you're supposed to say Richard Pryor but George George Carlin is so smart the reason I, I and I I don't like George Carlin is because every time I think I thought of some new shit and then you go back and you look at him and you go fuck him man <laughs> he said it already at the end, what was it brain droppings so I'm reading this book one day. I thought I wrote a, uh, I thought I wrote a great joke. People saying stupid shit on television. Operators are standing by. They're standing by. So I'm reading the book. Why do they say operators are standing by? They're sitting. I'm going, just fuck, stole my joke before I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to stop reading the book because I admire him so much. Even doing all of those specials he did, I'm just going, that's in my head. That's in my head. That's in my head. Yeah. But watching you young guys, man, let me tell you something. It's a, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to sit back and just. Uh, I mean, that's a that, that. I mean, that's the most. That you are a doctor. You just cured the anxiety of the moment. Otiel and I talk about silence and the critic. That's the problem that we all have. Is that you know that headache waiting off stage. You know, and yeah. uh, did you find that like coming up and and you know, just being in the city, being around your buddies, sitting at the diner at four in the morning. Was that, that, did you guys have that fear of stopping that fear of ever like giving up and, you know, what did you say? Like, no, I don't give mean stop. Up. Did you say give no, it no, up? No, 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 no. I don't mean, I don't mean giving what up. What the I mean, hell I, is wrong with you? You no, stop. Let me tell you something. I, that came out wrong. I didn't mean that, but go ahead. It doctor. came out right. It causes a, a reaction. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't mean quitting. I meant just like, you know, well, you I take know a break. You because, not, not take a break. You know, this is the hardest business in the world that we're in. And we know so many people that stopped. So uh, giving up is 99% uh, uh, of what most people do. Uh, but when it's in you, it's in you. You got to have that in you, in you. And when you know you want to do it, man, you know you want There's nothing else I could do. I have degrees in, I have degrees in uh, marketing, advertising, and a degree in transportation. Uh, but I always wanted to be a comedian since I was six years old. And I never thought about it, never worried about it. Money, never thought about it. I always just knew I'm going to have money and never worried about it. Comedy, my, my goal was to... When I started, I was, um, I just wanted to, we were talking, they said there were some guys in Las Vegas that opened for uh, Elvis Presley, someone, Pat Henry, give me Shecky Green, some of those older guys like that. They said they were making $300,000 a year in Las Vegas. Said, Shit, this is 1976, right? 77. That's, that's all I want to do. I just want to open in Las Vegas. I, I could care less about television. I could care less about movies. All I want to do is just perform live. and. Uh, and I, w I went there, I did the Tonight Show in 1977, and, and the next month I was in Las Vegas opening for Diana Ross, and, wow. and, and it's, 
And I was like, okay. And then I went back and I worked on, all I want to do was be a comedian, open for Tom Jones for five and a half years. I was with Diana Ross for two and a half years. I opened for everybody, everybody. Wow. And um, for like 12 years, and that's all I ever wanted to do. Paul Anka, uh, Smokey Robinson, George Benson, Oh, wow. uh, Donna Summer, you name it. That's all I ever, and I worked in theater and around. I worked outdoor racetracks, 70,000. That's all I ever wanted to do. So when I got a chance to go to Las Vegas in 2004, I've been going in and out opening for people, but then I started my own show 2004 at the Flamingo. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of radio. And I was doing a lot of TV shows. So we went to the Flamingo room and that's 750 seats. And we started rolling, started off slow. Um, I guess we started off with 400 and then we caught on, but went there for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And then the president of the hotel says, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, we were, we were pretty much 80% every night up in the balcony and everywhere. And, uh, and I walked out and go like, shit. And, and, and let me say this first, 2004 and then, 2014, 10 years. So a good friend of mine, very good friend of mine, the richest guy in comedy, he walked out on stage with me and said, this is it. 10 years, we're through. We're out of here. We've done our thing. So you guys not, might know who my best friend is. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's he called that shot. He says, uh, we've been there 10 years. We're out. Wow. Uh, like he did with his show, nine years, we're out. Um, and I just, you know what? I achieved my goal. Now I got to look for a new goal. And, and I made tons of money in Las Vegas. I made the same thing guys were making on TV shows because I didn't work for the hotel. Let's make this perfectly clear. George Wallace did not, Dr. Wallace did not work for the hotel. I owned the show. Uh, I was a producer, director, uh, promoter. Uh, I did everything. Make sure, make, make sure check on the tickets. I had to do my advertising. People would tell me I created because before I was a comedian, before I was a real comedian, I was vice president of the world's largest outdoor advertising agency. I don't know whether you know that. Everything at Times Square, all of the billboards, the spectacles at Times Square, all of the 5,000 buses in New York and the subways, I sold that spaces on the, on the so, so I was making like $75,000 a year doing that, a young black kid in New York City before wow. I even started advertising, you know, and, and before I even started comedy. <laughs> And uh, so I went to the comedy store and uh, I went to the comic strip and I told them, let me put your business in the streets. This is a brand new club. We need to put you on the buses. I got 5,000 buses in New York City and I got like 400 going up and down on the east side. I'm just going to put you on the east side and put your business in the street. And that's how the whole city caught on with the comic strip, taking money away from Catch Rising Star. So <laughs> as I was leaving, I said, by the way, I do a little act myself. And I said, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, come back in tomorrow night. So come back and audition tomorrow. And when I started, I was a preacher because I was from the South, old black guy. All I knew was making fun of church. And I came with, with a robe on and uh, uh, what do you call the thing you, you carry shit in? What you, they don't, they don't yeah, carry them anymore. What do you call when you when you work, when businessmen go to work? Briefcase. Suitcase? Yeah. Brief, briefcase. Briefcase. Yeah. That's one of my jokes I just wrote not too long ago. I wear my briefs in a suitcase and I put my suit in a briefcase. I don't give a shit anymore. So that's a, I will go off every now and then. But I went into audition. I was a preacher. I had everybody singing, when the saints go marching in, because they had music in the clubs and everything at the time. And then I take my Bible out. My Bible, you're not old enough to remember this. My Bible was a yellow page. You remember they had a thick yellow page telephone book? I remember that. Was my, I remember you remember that? that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you're 55. You say. 
You say you feel it, but the, it was that thick in Manhattan, and I call it the Good Book of Bell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm so stupid. I didn't even have an act back then, but I would go to the book. Whatever you want, look it up in the book. You want some shoes? It's in the book. Whatever you want. I don't even remember that, but I didn't even have an act. I was like, hey, listen, when you're trying to learn, when you, I was doing stock jokes. I didn't, I didn't know. I was coming out of, it's like coming out of college, you know. I just. I was just doing jokes, and, but the audience, my personality got me over. And I went on stage that Thursday night, and I've been on stage ever since then. And then I went to Las Vegas. I did that. I accomplished my goal in uh, 14 years, and I'm back here now. In any case, I need a new goal. Yeah. Where are you? You said you're back here. Where is that? Oh, I, 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 I'm talking to you as if I'm in Las Vegas. Oh, I'm, I'm still <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm in Atlanta right now, but um, I have a residency at the uh, – the omnipotent Westgate Dr. Hotel. Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> the omnipresent. <laughs> omnipresent Dr. Listen, Wallace. Listen, I have been to Las Vegas for 10 years and made all the money I needed and, uh, uh, ever. And so they said, you got to come back. All of the executives at the Flamingo were now over at the Westgate. Westgate is the hotel where Elvis Presley worked. And Bill Cosby also. That's where they worked. Mm -hmm. So when I returned, I told them right up front, I ain't touching nobody. <laughs> I ain't touching <laughs> <laughs> Smart move. I ain't touching nobody. This is what Elvis and Bill Cosby worked. I ain't touching nobody. I'm not getting a letter in the mail 30 years from now. But I, I touch you inappropriately. I ain't Wrong handshake. <laughs> shaking your hand. Nothing. I ain't touching nobody. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back there and I left there on March 14, March 7th, actually. And uh, I haven't been back. I don't feel comfortable. And Las Vegas is not a no. Las Vegas just got a title of uh, the super spreader. They tried to open too soon, yeah. and now people go in there and they leave and take the virus back to wherever they come from. So, you know, but I'm looking for a new goal now. I don't know. I I, I want to be a wordsmith because you know what a wordsmith is. I thought you were one already. <laughs> I don't think when I went to school back in the '70s, we were taught marketing to speak as simple as possible. Dr. Aloysius Misco taught us, never speak where people can understand you. Always speak where they don't misunderstand you. Make it as clear as possible. Wow. Don't use any big words. Don't, it's like listening to um, Dennis Miller. Going, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> With those w obscure references. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like, That's so like John Paul Sartre, babe. Yeah, but, like, what? <laughs> like Muhammad Ali, very truculent. Yeah, that too, whatever the fuck truculent means. <laughs> I love that line. He said, How, whatever that means, I'm it. <laughs> listen, to, listen to me. And I'll tell, listen, Muhammad Ali is one of my, my favorite comedians. People ask me who are my favorite comedians. For I real? have to say Muhammad Ali. Have you seen, you've seen the real where he's talking to Dick Cavett or somebody, but mm -hmm. he was just always funny. Back in the day, a young black guy, uh, 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 talking to America, talking to the world. He was the most famous person. Why am I talking so loud? Like, let me tell you, Muhammad Ali was making people laugh. Not only was he boxing, you know, uh, he was uh, he was a poet, you know. Mm -hmm. That don't do. I flip him into. I'm the greatest of all time. I'm the greatest. I beat George Foreman, Kenan, broke my jaw, come back with him. I'm the greatest of all time. I'm so vast, you know. I just I loved him. He was the greatest comedian. He is one of my greatest comedians, and and um. And my other comedian is uh, Joel Osteen. He's another favorite. <laughs> you can laugh if you want to. No, I hear. <laughs> Who makes more money than Joel Osteen? 
It's a very <laughs> true statement right there. Let me ask yep. you a question, Mr. Mike. Yes, Who sir. Who will not start a show without saying, I always like to start with a funny story. Joel Osteen would tell a joke every Sunday, and that's how he won America over. Wow. A nice little clean joke. And once you tell a joke, you know, once when you approach that stage, look at Hotel smiling. You got that smile. If you have that smile on your face and you go up there and you know you, people love it. Yeah. You, people are not going to let you laugh by yourself. Yep. They will not let you laugh by So when you hit that stage, it's just like, I feel good. That's, that's my sex and my drugs. Yeah. Seinfeld used to tell me he didn't like that. So now he's saying it all of a sudden. That's my <laughs> sex and my drugs. I'd rather do stand-up than anything else. Because uh, all I do, and I tell the people right now, like I'm still getting becoming more comfortable with me on stage. Because I used to just be in a hurry to tell a joke. Now I'm just, uh, I just, just love to go out and do that. How you doing? I'm so glad you come. I'm so blessed to be here. I'm just, I'm just choked up. I just, I, I, I'm, to do what I do, because I just come out here every night and all I do is just, I just lie. I just lie, just make up shit. That's all I do. Just lie. How many of you just get to lie and just make up shit? And then they ask me, am I coming back tomorrow night? Hell yeah. I just <laughs> love to lie. And make it, and then I can associate my lying with anything that's happened in America because if you look in your life, no matter what you've ever done, there's a lie associated with what you do. You, I look at simple things like living in New York City and seeing a sign like the Chinese restaurants and free delivery. I look at I look at a little shit like that. It says free delivery. Does it not? <laughs> you try to close that door without tipping that guy and see what. <laughs> free delivery in my ass. Nothing. Every, <laughs> nothing is free. Yeah. Nothing. Not if it says free. There's an asterisk somewhere. You. You. I. I even. You know. You start looking in your head. You go. That's a lie. That's a lie. Mypillow.com. You know the worst piece of shit in the world. I haven't had a decent night's sleep since I bought that piece of shit. No matter what the commercial <laughs> is, there's a lie somewhere. And and it just gets enough to start thinking. Even in church. Now, did you guys grow up going to church? Anything like that? I yes. did. So, uh, um, you did. Yes. Well, let me tell you, uh, 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 tell they do a thing in church. They they start off with this. Everybody, close your eyes in prayer. You might close <laughs> one eye. <laughs> you might close one eye, but you are not closing both those eyes. Mm-mm. It's a lie. And my mom, this is a true story. My, I just think about shit used to happen. My mom used to turn to me and says, "Close your eyes, boy." I said, how the hell you know? You close your own. <laughs> so, so now I got a whole bit with everything is a lie. Now it takes me 30 minutes to lie. Now I'm putting together a, a piece. I'm starting to put clips together with, because uh, I want to be the greatest lie in the world. I just told you Trump is kicking my ass in that department. So you ain't never going to win, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just had to hurt me. You hurt my feelings. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, hey, I'm sorry Dr. Wallace. You can't win this. hurts, doctor. You can't win this. You can't win this, doctor. But I'm putting a thing together with clips and just with Three Dog Night. Liar. Liar. Oh, so, nice. So I'm putting all my clips together with that. Or George Benson lies. Because it's just everything he says is just. And what is wrong with people? And that's why I think comedians should really run the country. We all should run for office. You know why? Because we could do it with laughter and we could settle shit. It's just, yeah. and, and sometimes I just start bullshitting about, so just, just think there's a guy, Ukraine, this guy was a, was a comedian, right? The president of Ukraine, now he was a comedian. How all of us comedians, the comedians run the country, how all of us could get together and just settle the world. You won't, and I tell people, you want nuclear weapon? 
we got take some of ours. <laughs> yeah. I said, take some of you. What's the name? Jung Young Jung. He's sick right now. North Korea. Y'all want nuclear weapon? We got plenty of them. Take them. But we're gonna keep the switch with us. You know, keep- <laughs> 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 so, we'll but it'd be amazing how how comedians, you guys, we could come to a conclusion and settle it just like that. Um, with laughter. It's- it's 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 an interesting way that we think where it's like we just have a filter for bullshit and it's just like we stop right there and what go, did you say we, we have, have a filter for, for bullshit. bullshit now do you guys live in new york i yeah i do so so living in new york is kind of like i tell people that we've been knowing all bullshitters know each other you know we don't know each other but we know each other yeah <laughs> so that's why we know that donald we've been knowing donald trump since day one and we don't know how America can let a guy bullshit you and you still buy it. Now look at, Otel looking at Otel looking at me like he's a Trump supporter. If you are, you need to get the no. fuck off this. I do need to get the fuck off of here. <laughs> I do, people get mad at me on my Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, we knew he was a racist back when he was a Democrat. Why do you, why do you, what are you talking about? If you're, racist, if you're a racist, you never have to defend yourself. You don't have to say anything. If you're not a racist, it's already shows before you get there. Now, if you are a racist, we can see it. And are you a person of color, Otel? You got some, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know what that. Most what parents are, are black. No, I've had both black people and white people ask me what I am. Everybody's confused about me. But we have a. I, I bet you're confused. You don't even know what the fuck you are, do you? <laughs> I do know what I am. I'm a mutt. I'm a human being. And I'm a male. <laughs> and, and, and you answer that right. That's good. And, 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 but the certain people, uh, like we say a Mitchell Connell, we see Lindsey Graham, they don't have to say a word. We see their face. We yeah. already know. Yeah. We already know. They're never happy. <laughs> you, you that is at, true. Look, that is true. Look, look at them. Never when they smiling. talk, they're never happy. It's always the whole, I don't want to say, I don't want to say all the Republicans, because there's got to be some good Republicans in there, but how do you follow a guy that's lying to you and leading you, misdirecting you, misdirecting America. You cannot enable a guy to do that. Like sometimes I even get angry at Dr. Fauci. Mm-hmm. As smart as he is, I can never, how do you lower your integrity? I can never let a guy speak before me and say something wrong. I would have to get up and say, that is not actually true. Right. That I would have to say that. And then Dr. Burke, what's her name? The lady with the scarf. And I, I just, I cannot support a guy that lies. I, I lie. But, I, you know, I mean, we bullshit, but we don't just let out lie and say shit that we know is not true. Yeah, and it's not set out to hurt anybody when we lie. Exactly. You know I heard I mean? this line the other day. It said, hey, we're all hypocrites, but uh, <laughs> we are not gangsters. <laughs> There's a difference, you know. We are not gangsters. They were and talking about them, themselves. It was, I think it was two comedians. They say, hey, we're all hypocrites, but we're not gangsters. We're not gangsters. Everybody's bullshits. Everybody lies. But what, what oh, these I'm guys do on another level, you know. Well, well, this is on another level. And it's, it's, um, it's killing people. It's telling people, uh, yeah. I stopped. I, I shut the country down. Well, yeah, 20 weeks later or whatever, just tell the truth and don't just, don't lie to the people. 
Well, you straight know up, flat out lies, saying stupid shit you don't know anything about. I don't even want to get into the Clorox and the uh, bleaching and then the, oh, uh, we could go any direction. Every time he says something, today he said some shit already. I haven't even listened to the news today, but he already said something stupid. Well, yeah, yeah. If he's awake, that's what's going to happen. If, if, I, did he do anything stupid today? He woke up. <laughs> so you know he did, unless he died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know it's you know it's really sad too is the. Uh, you know, I don't go out as much. I mean, obviously, I, I try to stay home as much as possible. I got tested this week because I did stand up last week and I came back negative for Corona and I'm nervous and I take it seriously. My wife's in healthcare and all that. But when you do go out, I was at the store the other day buying groceries and a man had his mask around his neck and a woman walked by and said, could you please put your mask on? And he screamed at her oh, and really? I, had to, I had to step in and go like, that's someone's mom. That's someone's like, would you want someone talking to your mother? Like, like, come on. And he's, he goes, go fuck both of you. Go fuck yourself and walks yeah. away. And it's like, why are we, why, why are we acting like that? Like, this Can is I just point a, out something here. That was not Mississippi. That was not Georgia, Alabama. It's right? New England. Yeah. It's up in the North. Yeah. It's not. That's just what yeah. a smart people supposed to be. Yeah. 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 And it's just a yeah. sad situation when it's like, why is everybody so damn tense? And why is everybody so it's just boiling over and boiling over. And it's, wouldn't it be great if it was the opposite where every, people were stopping each other just to, you know, how you feeling? How you doing? Can Ooh, I help you with something? Great. Can I grab, you know, and it's just the the empath and the sympathetic part of me is just like, it's, it's, it's oozing out and I'm just like, I can't let this guy talk to this woman like this. And I mean, he would have, he would have wiped the floor with me. This guy was huge. He could have shot you. That's yeah, the thing. That, that too. That too. Right? That too. I forgot well, I was, about that part. I don't go out at all. And today I took my car to the shop. I had, um, I did something I never do. I have a Mercedes 2008 Mercedes and I don't drive. There's only uh, like 30,000 miles on it, but I took it to the Mercedes shop and they were fucking me. Right. And I don't like people to fuck me. And the same guy says, last time you told me I needed a new tire. I said to the guy, remember that? He says, yeah. I said, the tires were brand new. Wow. And now you're telling me a different thing about it. You're giving me another price on this, another price on that. Now my suspension is bad. So the car, the service that he wrote me up was $5,000 suspension on the front tire and the shock or whatever. And I just go, I don't trust you anymore because you've been lying to me, telling me different things every time I come by. So I decided to go to another shop a local shop where they work on, you know, the car's uh, 11 years old anyways. And the price is like $1,800 for the same work. So, but my point is I go, took the, shop, the car in the shop this morning, but half the mechanics were not wearing masks. <sighs> so I had to call something I didn't want to do. I called Lyft. I was scared to do that because I haven't been anywhere. You know, I've been, I've been, I've been inside the, but now it doesn't matter what's with my body. It's like right now, I like, do I have a nose drop? Uh, and, and it's just like, I only went there today, you know, already. But I'm hypochondriac, okay? So if nobody comes here, I don't let nobody in. And sometimes I might let Ben and Jerry's in. I might let them in, Ben and Jerry, because they got yeah. that chunky monkey ice cream. You, know, you got to let them in. <laughs> Amen to that. They had a lady the other day stopped in my house. I hadn't seen her in years. Sarah Lee, she has a pound cake. <laughs> I had to let her in. Someone, but man, but just wearing a mask, why don't people, why don't you just do it for your safety, for my safety? You don't know what I have. I'm so concerned and confused. Now, this may be wrong. You live in New York City. If I get on my elevator now, my elevator only allows two people on at a time. 
I will put this mask on always. And if anybody stops between my floor and the first floor, I don't, you might not want to ride with me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That ought to do it. You might not want <laughs> this, well, is farting just, in an, this is when farting in an elevator is a polite thing to do. You're you right, know, right. Light, just light it up. Be like, oh, we don't want to get in there with him. <laughs> I got on that elevator the other day. I'm going, damn. Yeah. One, I think I just got off. I think I'm the last one. <laughs> but yes, I do that. I'm so, uh, such a uh, hypochondriac. I don't want to ride with anybody. I'm scared. But these guys at this the mechanic shop is down here in Atlanta, and and the governor is this—he's he's just a notch away from Trump. Just that stupid. He won't mandate the mask. We need—we know wearing the mask does help. It does protect, and I believe in wearing it. But now I'm sitting here, and when my nose is stopped up. Yeah, of I, course I hear you. Yeah, yeah. so I'm yep. a little—I'm a little freaky I mean, right there. And you know, and I'm. Go ahead. Isn't, isn't that the one thing that we do know? The one consistency throughout this whole thing is that washing your hands and wearing a mask is literally the only thing I think that can help prevent we the spread. We do know this. We, don't, we do know this. That's one thing we do know. So why would you not care about it. you? I'm concerned about everybody. You have kids? I'm concerned about kids. You guys got kids? Yeah, I have two kids. I don't. How do you feel? Um, are they in school? Well, we all caught the virus. My last show was at Madison Square Garden on March 10th, I think. Really? It was. And we flew home March 11th. Yeah, that morning I found out that New York was the epicenter eating breakfast, watching CNN on in the hotel restaurant and i thought it was upstate it said new rochelle and i put it in my google maps i was like 20 miles away we got to get the hell out of here you know so we got back home and i think like maybe a week later some uh my wife got sick and then i got sick but it was really mild and um then both kids got sick but i think maybe a couple of weeks later my wife who's really sensitive uh, strong sense of smell, sensitive sense of smell. She was washing out the tub with bleach and she couldn't smell it. And I yeah. went, Oh man, that was the virus. So we went and got oh. the antibody test and we did have, it. so both us had it, both our kids had it. And I feel, we feel like we're not so paranoid about it anymore. You okay. know, and you're young and you're young too. And, um, and that was right at the start before shutting the city down, right? March 10. Yeah. A, a like bunch the, of people got like it at that concert. Before. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them, man, a couple of them, like 103 temperature for like 12 days straight, like really, really hard. A friend down here in Florida, we were really worried about him. And um, so I feel very lucky. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on just one second. Did you just tell me, did you just say down here in Florida? Yeah, I live not far from. Uh, Mar-a-Lago at all. Florida is the most fucked up state. Let me tell you something. I want to... <laughs> Mike. Yes, sir. I you agree. Then you want to go stupid. Just write down FL. There's nothing... Everything... George is catching up. George is catching up. Okay, hotel. We got a stupid governor here, but Florida... It's just something wrong with the people in Florida. Snakes eating alligators. All kind of crazy <laughs> shit. Um, Tiger King shit down here. Yeah, right? Tiger King shit. Yeah, yeah. Even Disney World. Disney World. I forgot my jokes. I had. They, I used to have they open back up. 
I was like, how could you open? What? Would it's crazy. <clears throat> and, then, and then the way they, and, and, and I, Florida, I'm trying to get these jokes because guys, I feel good now. Yeah, they, they will rip you off in Florida. You know, get, yeah. you know, when you go to Las Vegas, you got to be 21 years old and lose money. Is that right, Mike? Mm-hmm. You go to Orlando, Florida, Disney World, they don't give a fuck how old you are, three years old, $120. Come on, next. They would just let out. <laughs> they will rob you. And they got a parking lot. They got a parking lot in uh, Orlando at Disney World. And there's $25 to park, and they got a million parking spaces. And the parking lot is in there. The parking lot is in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> so true. They it just is. rip you off. You know, you start talking about Florida, everything has gone on from the shooting to the Tiger Woods. It's just, and what's going on down there now? I'm sorry you live in the, the worst state in America. <laughs> you know, you hear all this bad stuff, but we actually live in an extremely blue pocket of Florida. But, um, it's nice though. Let me tell you, in the winter, it's nice. Plus, you get you're the home of public supermarket, okay? The best supermarket in the world, Publix. Oh my God! No, Mike, <laughs> you don't know about this. <laughs> they got a, This is not ethnic at all, okay? Don't. I'm not doing an ethnic joke. Oh, that's okay. But they've got fried. They got a fried chicken at Publix that beat all of the other fried chicken chains. Oh really? At Publix, yes. uh, Publix fried store? chicken. Yes, grocery. They store. got some old black people back there cooking it. Now, see, that's <laughs> racist right there. That's ra- <laughs> that's just. No, but, but it's everywhere. It doesn't matter. What, it's all the public stores. Well, you know what? Now KFC. Now, if you if you think uh, Colonel Sanders came up with that recipe, you're dumb as hell. You know there were some old black people in the kitchen back there. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 uh, Florida's a good state. I talk about it because. It's fun. It's jokes, but it's crazy down there. It's not. Nice. No, it is crazy. It's crazy. Like I, I won't uh, go to like you know. We just moved, so I spent a lot of time in the Home Depot. And uh, my landscape guy told me he said, "Otil, he's from Brazil." He said, "Be careful out there, man." He said, "Don't get don't get in an argument with anybody." Because see, if I go, hey man, you know. Can you please put your mask on for this lady? I might get shot, man. Like, it's that crazy. And I don't think that's just in Florida. No, I think the rest of the country is catching up with Florida. People pick on Florida and so on all this other stuff. Like, hey, all the black people they found hanging from trees, none of them was in Florida. That was two in California and two, you know. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. You know, that's, Every, that's extreme. We get we get a little extreme everywhere. Everybody's uh, crazy you know everywhere I mean? now. Everyone's so mad at everybody, and it's like beeping your horn is like the you know, it's just you hear yeah. it every. It sounds like New York all over the place. Well, New York, I, I live in the city, right? And I'm scared to go home. I won't go home. I didn't go home. Um, maybe I'll go home. I want to. I got to go somewhere. I've never been inside. What is? What are we doing now? Hundred and fifty days. How long we've been in? But I've never like been that. in one place in my life this long. And I travel a lot. I do 200,000 miles a year, 200,000 miles a year traveling. I love hotels. I love hotels. Um, and I've been here and I'm going a little, a little batty, <laughs> but um, I, I won't go to New York because of the elevator. I got to, first of all, I got a guy in there making 80,000 a year and all he's doing is pressing my fucking button. You know? <laughs> He needs that money to live in New York, though. Shit, man. You really do, man. Of course, the price just came way down, didn't it? Uh, That's not funny. It's an exodus. Sorry, I know. That that is not funny. I'm sorry. I got to sell my condo in New York. 
And <laughs> I was wondering whether I should ask you about that because I know you own these properties, and I was like, boy, he probably liking that thing Trump just passed where you can't evict nobody. <laughs> Hey there, Osiris listeners. I wanted to tell you about our friends over at Smartwool. For more than 25 years, Smartwool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable. Because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They are here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far, feel good. Fortunately, I, I, I never did drugs or anything like that, so I do have a lot of properties, but I don't have, um, I just can't imagine you're not, uh, you have no money coming in. It's got to kill those people, you know? And, uh, Absolutely. And living in New York, maintenance I'm on the Upper West Side, oh my God, I won't even tell you what it is. Man, but it's just I, like I got to get rid of this. I've been I bought it in 1998. Oh wow! I'm on upper the top west floor, side. Upper West Side. I'm on the third for top floor. I have 19 windows, so I can't even tell you about my view. I have one of the God. best views in the world. Ninth, I eat East Side, West Side, South Side, Kennedy Airport, LaGuardia Airport. I see everything. The river, west side, New Jersey, downtown. Before they built the uh, uh, CNN Center. Uh, Time Warner Center, I can see the Statue of Liberty straight down 8th Avenue. Oh, but wow. now I want to get rid of the place, and uh, I think it's uh, headed south right now. It might take two or three years to come back, but, but I'm, I'm, I just need to get out, and I'm, I just don't trust New York right now. You know, you know it's funny, too. I mean, not funny, but um, right now, recently, they've had, uh, we've seen it with both music venues and comedy venues, the Save Our Stages initiative because all the workers that work at all the clubs and all the venues that we all were performing at are now out of work indefinitely and these stages and these beautiful theaters and these beautiful rooms that we've all been able to perform at are on the verge of shutting their doors to me that's just such an awful tragedy because those rooms are filled with so much history and so much people went to these rooms to you know see music and to see plays to see comedy and there's just that vibrancy in all those rooms. And it's like, I, I wonder how they're even keeping their, you know, the doors open or, you know, keeping the lights on at this point. Of course you do. We think about, you know, they say they're saying about 50% capacity. Well, you can barely make money selling out every night. I know. Let alone, uh, man, and some of the big agencies, what is the name? Live Nation and these guys, you know, they, they've been... They're about ready to fold up because they got no money coming in. Uh, and uh, until you would know about that playing for the Allman Brothers. Are you still with Allman Brothers? No, show? no. We, that, that show we did at Madison Square Garden was the final show. There was only okay. one mem original member left that's okay. still in good enough shape to perform. Yeah, but you know about uh, the rooms. We're talking about the rooms. None of these rooms exist anymore. Uh, I know you say you went to the cellar. Somebody went to the cellar. But it's just so many rooms and theaters and clubs, all of these venues inside, outside, nothing. Nothing. It's, it's a new world. I used to say my, I used, I used to say it's a crazy world. It really is now. Uh, these yeah. venues where people would go to relax and be entertained. And, and, and you think we get off, so those people must... People don't have nowhere to go now. It must, it must be crazy. Yeah. 
you know, we got to find a, a group of people to lobby some Chinese oligarchs to buy these rooms and keep them as what they were. You know what I mean? Because they don't buy all this stuff up anyway. <laughs> but, you well, the Chinese, <laughs> you mentioned Chinese. I, my biggest, the reason you said Chinese that hit my head, my biggest, one of my biggest tweets were, uh, I think three days ago, I said, you know, in Hunan, in China, there's only like almost 5,000 deaths. That's where it started, in China. Almost 5,000 deaths. Here in America, we're approaching 180,000. So we got to stop calling that shit the China virus, virus okay. and let's call it the Trump mumps. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> call it the Trump mumps. It is. It is. Yep. <laughs> God damn it. Listen, we can't go in. It's amazing. I, I can't wait for this country to get come back together and just, you know, I love just walking down the streets in New York and walking in the park and getting on stage. I just miss it. Getting on stage. Oh, my God. Don't you even miss him just popping up on that stage. Isn't that amazing? You know, it's, I, I, it's, it's amazing to hear, you know, like getting, getting to work, you know, Gotham Comedy Club, Caroline's, all the rooms in the city are um, unbelievable. Standing in the hallway down the stairs at the cellar and hearing the music and hearing Rick Crome's voice, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the comedy set. And it just, I get chills and goosebumps thinking about that tiny, that, that tight that, little that room. Door, that little, yeah. Yeah, and the stairway, and you could just touch the ceiling and, and, and lean on the piano, and you think about the people who stood on that stage and told those jokes, and, and I, all the way going back to the reason why I started doing comedy was watching you and Colin and Jerry and everybody sit at the tables, and I remember like how beautiful that- I think, the, was Rock there also? Rock was at the table also? Yes, was he there? yes, yeah, okay. yes, that's right, okay. and the whole the table, and just, I used to, you know, when I first did stand up, I did my first set at Caroline's. And it went well because my friends were there and I thought comedy's easy. And then I did that same set two nights later at an open mic on St. Mark's and I got crickets. People were walking out and I'm like, oh, this is comedy. Comedy's hard. Man, my friends never aren't take there. friends with you. Friends will <laughs> fuck you up, man. Friends will laugh. And, and, tell you, and tell them about this and then you won't be just laughing your ass off, you know, and yeah. you get in front of a real crowd. And then it's just, where's all the laughter? Right. <laughs> but I used to drive by the cellar after every, every time I'd go to the city, I'd drive in and out and, uh, before I moved there. And um, I would drive by the cellar and I would look in and I'd be like, one day, one day. And, and then, just drive by the cellar. Isn't that amazing? Just yeah, drive by. Just to kind of be like, one day I'll be, I'll, I'll, it'll be time. It'll be time for me to, you know, and, and, and I didn't want to go in and hang around and kind of be in the way and all that. But I, I just would have these fantasies about performing there and then it happened and then it became a home and, uh, I miss it. I miss it. I genuinely miss, you just, do. I miss, I miss eating shit on stage and hearing Keith Robinson laugh at me in the hallway or hearing, you know, Norton or somebody the atmosphere. Like, just the, the smell and the, the, the door, Steve, the doorman and, and Esty and Gnome and everybody and just the, the, the staff and hearing them laugh and, and that line around the corner, corner, you know, no matter how it, it just, there's something, it feels like a million years ago, even though it was March. And it's now, just wild to think about how f much things have changed in that you time. You did go on stage like two weeks ago, a month ago, or something like that, you said? This week. Uh, this past this week. weekend. Yeah. Mm, mm. But it was outside. It was, in a, yeah. uh, it was in like almost like a very elaborate wedding tent type setup. Okay. And the crowd was far away, but it was outside still. It wasn't that feeling of being in a room. 
Um, no, but the, the feeling of being just being on the microphone, I'm talking God, about. God, it felt good. I mean, it felt And being good. able to hear the people laugh because your drive-in gig, I was like, how do you do the drive Yeah, I did another one at a drive-in theater. That's right. Yeah. I would like to go on stage and I wouldn't give a fuck whether they laughed or not. Just as long as I'm, talk <laughs> just as long as I'm talking, hey. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with your, you know, like, I think about this sometimes with, I, I ask other comics this you know how we just normally have those thoughts. We have like that bullshit filter turns on and we see something and we write it down. And then we normally would be able to go work that out on stage and, you know, bang the dents out of it. What are you doing with those now? Or is that when you call Jerry? Is that when you, do you write them down in a notebook? Like, are you doing anything in particular new during? We still have. Notepads. We still write. On the yellow notepad. I have the telephone, but love it. Yep. <laughs> Look at you keep getting smaller. He's gonna hold up a post-it. <laughs> Where am I posted? I got those two. I just got napkins. Hey Mike, you, you got a stamp matchbook? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta write these ideas down, man. I'm trying to get things together. It's it's so good what we do to be able to get back. Let me see what I got in this telephone today. I, you know, you just jotting down notes here. Uh, uh, that was talking about Trump and uh, uh, <laughs> they also want to do something. Did you know they added three words to the dictionary yesterday? I gotta I gotta do something on that. I gotta find those words. Um, but right now, I want to I want to add some words to our vocabulary. Now, this not, might not be funny, but it's just when you write down shit. Just, yeah. Just it, you know? Like the words Sloan. Do you know there's no such word as uh, Sloan is not proper to use? He had Sloan down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some southern <laughs> shit right there. That's not southern. Well, there's nothing wrong with that word. <laughs> blue, blue, blow, blown, right? Show, shown. They had shown me the picture. What's wrong with Blount? With, 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 uh, with Sloan? He's, he had Sloan. <laughs> he's, he's Sloan. There's nothing wrong. And I, I got the word worser. It, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, worser means really bad. That's worse than worse. It's a great word. Okay. I, I second that. Huh? And it's just, we just, and, I, and they got it. Did they put thunk in? They did put thunk in the dictionary, didn't they? Who the thunk? Thunk. They put it in? I think wow. they did, didn't they? Who'd have thought? Thunk got in. If you use it enough, it gets in. Yeah. So I don't know whether it's going to be funny or not. Like I get on stage, it might work, might not work. I just write down, work real good, work real good. Then man, you should, my old mandolin player, I lived in Atlanta for a long time and, and played with these bluegrass cats, and they were great. They came up with the best expressions and words even. This guy's name was Matt Mundy, and he always he had this little – mandolin pick that was about this big and he would always lose it and we were trying to i spent so much time looking in between car cushions and couch cushions everywhere and he goes oh teal man can you go over there and look under nicks that couch i was like under nicks on the next and i i knew exactly <laughs> what exactly, yeah yeah and it's so but the, the thing about it i thought it was really advanced because he was super creative with it yeah, and he and you always knew what he meant, of even if you, you never heard the word before. We like, do that in the South, you know. I'm born, raised in the South, so I know all of that. And and Seinfeld crazy. jumps on my ass all the time about certain things. I say, yeah, uh, he up and died. 
how the fuck you gonna up and die? <laughs> <laughs> so then you start picking up on little things like that. People can say some stupid shit. He up and died, and and now I'm getting into uh, black people are using the, black people stopped dying about three years ago. <laughs> the new word is that she made her transition. Oh yeah, her transition. So now you got all these new up and died, and then uh, uh, you got uh, he got his wings. And they're making all kind of stupid ass things when people die. Uh, and another one bites the dust. What are some? And somebody in Las Vegas said, oh, he's taking a dirt nap. Dirt nap. Dirt nap. <laughs> I hadn't heard that until this last year. You know? And, and um, yeah, we say stupid things in the South. Yeah. It never got old, man. I've, I've kept, I'm from Washington, D.C., but I kept moving. You born in Washington, D.C.? That's what's reason. wrong with you. Yes. That's what's wrong with you. <laughs> I'm incurable. You know we gotta now. Now I'm gonna get serious. I got tonight. I'll, I'll be serious. Um, you guys need to be represented totally. And if we go out and vote right, I think we can make Washington D.C. a state, and we can make yeah. some changes. Why you deserve to be a state? You deserve. They're to trying to do it now, aren't they? Yeah, I think it should be the Eleanor Holmes Norton. It passed in the House. Okay. Now yeah. we got to take. We got to get get in the Senate. We should do uh, Puerto Rico too. Well, yeah, we, we really do those people wrong down there. As part of the United States, uh, uh, and Trump telling them throwing bounty wipes and shit at people like that is an asshole. Uh, yeah. But I, I man, yeah. just Washington D.C. is so much. And do you live there now? Where you? I left it, now? and I'm never going back. And I don't. It's miss beautiful, it. though, man. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it was great when the cherry blossoms were in bloom at Rock Creek Park and no, all that. No, sir. The whole thing is beautiful. Yeah. Now. I lived in uh, uh, Rockville, Maryland, when I was doing radio there. Yeah. They call it the DMB. The DMB, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The DMB, and that's what I tried yeah. to get them to name that's the football the team, the Washington DMVs. The DMVs. That's what I tried to get them. <laughs> Don't you fucking laugh because they laughed at me when and I on said the helmet would just be like a long Martin. line. The helmet, their logo would just be the longest line ever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It'd just be a number. Take a number. That's hey, you know, let's see, you see, see, when you say things like that, jokes pop in my head that I have on my pad that I haven't gotten to do yet. Now, Fuck every state, day. every state has a DMV, right? Mm-hmm. And every DMV is full every fucking day. Lord. Why is there a line? Why we know that the place is full? Why don't we open some branch one. offices? I was thinking, like, like you could go to Arby's. Why you never see a line at Arby's, do you? You never uh-huh. see a line. Why can't we open a drive-through at Arby's? And we got to do something. That's one of the things I want to do when I'm a president. I would vote for you. Yeah, because you need the DMVs in every state is just full and you got to wait in line and shit and sit there. We got a lot of shit we got to stop. Man, the DMV in Washington, D.C. is the worst. I mean, I've been to a bunch of them, but I don't think any of them top D.C. that I've been to. Well, they got them. Now, let me ask a personal question. I hope nobody, I, I, might, not get, I might get in trouble by saying that. Do the <laughs> ugliest people in the world work at the DMV or do they work at the <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to be looking. <laughs> one of my favorite George Wallace jokes. One of my favorite George Wallace jokes is about the license plate in California that you saw. Oh, did you hear that lately? I did that joke 25 years ago, and somebody said, George Wallace, I love that joke about the, the uh, C U T I. C U. Why you cutie pie? C U T I P I. I'm going, what the hell are you talking about? And. <laughs> Then they told me the joke. I'm going, yeah. <laughs> and about three years ago, I put it back in the act, and, and it works. I try good. to write evergreen material, 
I try to write, uh, I do a lot of topical stuff, but I try to write the joke that it's funny today. Uh, it'll be funny next year. Yeah. You know what I like is when you can write, when you write about yourself, it's always evergreen. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when you yes. can poke fun at yourself, you know, and uh, talk about your stupidities and your problems and your, you know, and make it about you. You can, I feel like it's, it's, uh, I'm just getting there. I'm just getting there, Mike. I'm starting to talk more about me now because some, some things I can't do. I can't, you know, it's simple. I can't touch my toes. I can't cross my legs. I don't know what mesolimotoma, you know, is. why do you say it? Meso, I don't know what that is. Mesothelioma? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm just a lot of things. I, I'm just telling people more about me now. Shit I can't do. You know, I can't swim. <laughs> Sounds great. I'm excited about the new hour. <laughs> I can't wait. Man. I love doing comedy in DC, the DC improv, and then opening up for the uh, Impractical Jokers. I got to do Constitution Hall. Get out of here! That was amazing. I got the chance to. I got. I got the chance opening for for those guys, and a tell. Um, I got to do a lot of really nice. I got to do Radio City Music Hall, and uh, did you? You got oh, to Radio man. City Music Hall. Did you enjoy it? Oh, I cried my eyes out walking into it because it was just like such a dream. And I remember going there as a kid with my mom to see the Rockettes and, you know, that whole Christmas spectacular thing. And then I got a tour of below. Did you know the stage at Radio City Music Hall is all on suspension? Like underneath the stage is all these cranes and everything just holding up the stage. So the stage is always bouncing. It's not like built solid into the ground and i was like i wish i saw this after i went on stage Mike, you're, and not talking to me. i know all of this shit you know it yeah it's yeah. wild and man. sometimes yeah. sometimes the band what do you call the thing sometimes the floor the stage is up and the opening what do you call the orchestra the pit yeah the pit sometimes the pit is down there but yeah i'm glad you got to play that place man that's a really uh, i played yeah. there a few times i'm the last one to open for um um so boy what's going on marvin gay Wow. I went for Marvin Gaye at Radio City Music Hall. I went there quite a few times with a lot of people. And I got a standing ovation. I was supposed to do 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And uh, Marvin was heavy into drugs. So he wasn't ready to go on. And some guy crawled out on a stage and crawled out on the stage and grabbed me by the knee and said, stretch. I said, you could have stood over the fucking curtain and just said. <laughs> There's nothing scarier than this. this <laughs> I would love to have seen the look on your face as he's like crawling up. Like the 53-yard like, field goal, kick him in the this head. Guy not, it was not like you stand on the side of the stage with a light going, just grabs your knee. This guy crawled out on his knees, had the knee pads on. My and God. Got me by the legs says, stretch, can you go? He's not ready. He's not ready. So I wound up, um, and I was still kind of new. I did 45 minutes, and I got a standing ovation. Never will forget that at Radio City Music Hall. Standing Congratulations. ovation. Went yeah. outside. And couldn't get a fucking cab. That pissed me off. <laughs> Not funny. <You're> still black. It's <laughs> 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 not funny. That really is not funny. Okay, I couldn't. I, you know it's the true. Car, <laughs> the car did taxi pass me up? Oh man! I just got off stage at Radio City Music Hall. That's like the story you hear about Miles Davis, like walking outside the club that he's playing and his name's on the marquee and the cop is breaking his balls for smoking a cigarette. And he's like, that's me right there. And he goes, yeah, right. And, he, and the cop like beat the shit out of him. Amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He didn't have his bodyguards. But the, when you're trying to get it, the, the thing I used to hate is when the African cab driver wouldn't pick me up. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> I said something very racist. And Jerry, Jerry said, that's very racist. I said, where are these guys coming from? You know, from Africa, no one driving all these 
fucking cab. They know more about New York City than we do. I know. I go, and there used to be a time you could tell the cab. Well, you're still supposed to be able to tell the cab which direction you want to go. And just yeah, yeah. as Waze was coming in, the cabs didn't want to listen to you. They didn't want to go by Waze. I go to the airport every day. I know the way to go. I said, well, the lady said, go this way. <laughs> because she sees shit we don't see yet. Right. But the you know, the African driver would pass me up. That that pissed me off, too. Did, yeah. uh, did, Jerry, did Jerry happen to uh, teach or impart any uh, the transcendental meditation? Do you, are you, or do you practice that as well? I know Jerry's a big proponent of it. I do it as well. That's why I was what wondering. time is it right now? I can't, he's, he's, he's probably meditating right now. He's probably meditating. I tell him, you know what I tell him? Yeah. Wake the fuck up. <laughs> TM. TM. You're fucking taking a nap, dude. Stop with the bullshit. But they say, no. They tell me, they tell me, I don't know if he gets into the num 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 num, whatever that stuff is, but he can go out for about 20 minutes, and his manager does too. And it, I could try, but I'm going to sleep. I can tell you about me. I'm going to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say it does help. It does. I, I know one thing, a 20-minute nap during the day does help. Uh, Call it what you three want. Three times a day. Sometimes three times. Since we don't work anymore, twenty minute nap three times a day does work. So, um, if the team helps, it does help. It gives them a chance to rest their minds or relax their minds or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Mentally, uh, yeah, it's nice. Do, do it, you te- do you study TM? I do. Yeah. I, I by study. I, yeah, it's, it's I di- I've been doing it for about seven years, and it. Uh, my wife got it for me as a gift, which I think was her way of saying calm down or get out <laughs> Chill out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, who gets meditation as a gift <laughs> but hey it worked yeah hey people you know when you get older you find friends like me giving people plots for christmas gift <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it could get worse right <laughs> well my mind's like a hot dog like an old hot dog vendor where it's like i've got eight hot dogs cooking at once and i only have from like here to here to think about it and then the other one shows up and that's how my brain works and it's just i'm always too much, too much, too much. And, uh, you know, with comedy, it was great because I never, I, I, I just didn't have to stop. I could just go from show to show to bar yeah. to a yogurt shop in Brooklyn and try jokes or, a, you know, the clubs. Oh, you do that? Did you still do that? Do you still do that? I did when I, I mean, I started, to, I've, I'm very lucky that I was able to do more club spots. That's you know what great. I mean? Like you I was know, able to work now. my way. You know, you know, we do that when we're in the city. Uh, we'll go to uh, the, um, Gotham. Yep. And then we'll run over to the comic strip. Then we'll do the West Side. Then we'll do stand up. Uh, and it's and then we went to Dangerfields one night. We, we just uh, to be able to do that. That is just uh, especially people say at our age. Who the hell would be doing that at our age? It's just so good, man. Yeah, it's it so really good. It it feel, it, it, it's like there's a there's a city inside the city when you're a comic that you go like, if I take this train or if I park facing this way, I'll be able to beat 15 minutes of traffic to the next club and then I'll be able to get there. And you just start to learn different quirks about the city and that it's, yeah, I missed that. When I started, we would exchange the cabs with the comic coming in. Like if you work downtown at the improv, the comic would come up from the improv coming into the comic strip. You just jump in his cab. That's how that worked. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, wow. Uh, but it was great to be able to just run the city. And uh, I don't know, the audience doesn't understand. If we get one joke, you know, we're up there talking a lot of bullshit. Maybe people laugh and, and sometimes we hear the laugh, but we don't hear it. 
because we got to get that one joke in right, trying to build on that one joke. And if that works, and the people go, man, that was good. You're going like, yeah, but I got that other guy. I got to still got to work on this bit, you know. And uh, yeah, just to absolutely. get that one joke to work. And and um, hotel. Am I saying it right? Hotel. Yeah, that's right. Hotel. Hotel. Okay. Listen. Do you do you know sometimes it could take um, it, it could take sometimes even five years before a joke can really come together, and all of a sudden you be on stage one night, you go, bam, it slips right in there. And go, that's where that joke goes. That's no, let's tag it with that. That's where that joke goes. I got a joke I've been trying to do for 50 years. It does not work. The Christian <laughs> science reading. <laughs> I love you. Don't give up. <laughs> He's not going to think about giving up. <laughs> the, Christians, the Christian science reading room. What are they doing in there? Are they growing arms? What? Have you ever seen anybody go in there? Listen. I can't get it. Don't laugh because I can't get people to laugh on stage when I try this shit. I'm going to try, but I'm at a point right now, like, I don't give a shit whether you laugh or not. I'm just telling you, right? The <laughs> Christian science reading room. Who goes in there? Are they adding arms to people? What are they doing? New arms? What are they doing in there? What kind of creativity is I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I've been okay. working on it. Well, it's a start. It's a start. That's the beautiful thing is that right now you don't have to go on stage and do it. <laughs> you just well, working on it. I am now. I'm going to go do it as soon as I, and I'm going to just tell the people that too. And I do that. You know, I, I, I used to do the, I did the, I think I did Letterman. I took my yellow pad on, on Letterman one night. <laughs> I got some new jokes. This is way before, um, uh, I'm the first one that took, the, but, well, uh, Carlin took the, had his little notes, but I took the yellow pad. I got some new jokes I want to try out. It might be funny. might not. I don't give a shit. I, used, I did that on Letterman. I said, I got your night show next week. I got to make sure these jokes work. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so, pop that bubble guy, right there's away. A, there's a guy that's on a TV show now. Um, I can't even call his name. He's fantastic. He's on um, Blackish. What's the comedian name on Blackish? The, 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 the black guy. Not, not Anthony Anderson, but his partner. I don't have cable, so I can't say. My uh, wife can tell you right there, but I, I haven't been watching TV for a while he now. On stage, he's got a little notepad. He's got a little small notepad. And he does what I was doing back in 1993. And so I did that on a TV show, and they some guy called and accused me of stealing my own shit. Dion Cole? Dion Cole, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he does that. And so I don't care, but at the time, I was going to. I wanted him to know that that's some shit I already did. Especially he does my style. I got a joke. I want to make sure this shit works, you know, and, and yeah. blah, 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 blah. And so uh, it's still fun to have the yellow pad up there trying the jokes out. And my thing is that a joke that doesn't work, that's the funny joke for me. Yes. Because I I'm, able to say, I'm able to say joke work, joke doesn't work. Joke needs, uh, joke needs work, needs work. Then I go jerk real funny. Then I go joke funny, audience sucks. They, when I say that, they go fucking crazy. <laughs> then I try to go into my little act to go, go back to the yellow pad, man. Go back to the yellow pad. Man. Oh. You know, one of my favorite things about you, and I have a couple of friends this way, that and I would imagine it gives you confidence not having to fill up space, is you could, I could look at your facial expressions and you don't even say anything, and I start laughing. And I got two <laughs> friends like this, Marcus Williams, a drummer, and Chris Chu is a bass player and they see me and they look at me and I just start laughing and they know they have no intention of even saying anything. They just give me that People look. People say I do that. I, I, yeah. Yeah. That just like, but did you ever have any heroes coming up like that that did that? Well, my, my mom and my dad, are you kidding? My dad, oh shit, man. I, 
my family, my friends, my community, my school teachers, everybody. Like I, I used to do the joke about my dad could just walk into a room and if you're doing something wrong, he didn't have to say a word. He, <laughs> he had a finger. Oh, this is a joke. He had a finger. Whatever you're doing, you better stop. And wherever that finger went, that's where your ass went. If that finger, if that finger went to a chair, you knew your ass was supposed to be in that chair. I, and then I used to, um, one time as a kid, you know how you jump up and down in the bed trying to touch the ceiling? My dad walked in one day and he went, and we couldn't come down. <laughs> because that finger, until that finger let us down. So the looks that people gave us back in the day, uh, well, I guess I do a lot of it now, facial expressions when I'm talking about things. Uh, Mm. Is I'll that a Southern thing too? Maybe more. It might be. It might be a Southern thing because because both like, of the guys I'm talking about, one's from Georgia and one's from one's from Atlanta, one's from Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, and they so, know they got me. I'm like, man, don't. Well, you know, me. it's funny. Like Pryor was extremely, uh, like his characteristics. Sure, were big. Red Fox, not so Red much. Fo Red Fox was straight ahead jokes. Straight yeah. ahead jokes. Red Fox was very out. like just like yeah. I mean, and man, his delivery and just everything. I was what like I was watching his first special uh, that came out, the HBO one. And he goes, I say, he goes. A lot of people say my 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 act is blue. He goes, I say fucking shit for one reason. Yeah, exactly. People say it. People say it. People, <laughs> people say, say fucking shit. He goes, you ain't fucked. Shit. Shit. You ain't shit. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> my favorite uh, joke. So simple. It's like a, it's like a it's like a haiku. You know. You don't say shit. Say what? Go outside. Close your door hard you can. Get your hand slam in the door. Shit. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing Robin Harris. I used to love Robin Harris, and he did this Thank joke, and I. Yeah, and I didn't realize that he got this joke like verbatim from Red Fox because I got an old, this back when we were on the road and we'd get cassettes and truck stops and I got an old Red Fox cassette. I was like, oh, hell yeah. And it's the one about the midget when he's a, uh, He's cheating on his wife with a midget, and she comes in, and she said, catches him, say, you said you're going to stop cheating on me. I can't believe you did. He said, can't you see I'm trying to cut down? I'm cutting down. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, man, Robin Harris got that from Red Fox. Whoa, yeah. like, he, he did it straight on. Yeah, I could go back. There's some history back there. Every now and then, it uh, doesn't matter who the comedian is. He, he, he does a joke. Like Richard Pryor, this is not his joke, but it might be one of his better jokes ever told. You talking about the two black guys, uh, uh, with the biggest weenies in the world? Yeah, yeah. You remember that? And they yeah. were bragging about who had the biggest uh, tallywhacker. Uh, so I'm so here. clean, I'm, I can't even say dick. You know, who had the, big, who had the biggest weenie? <laughs> weenie. <laughs> so you already said fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not as bad as dick. Like I can't even go to Dick. I got a friend of mine. His mama, she loved that department store. What's the what's the what's the Dick's Sporting Goods? Oh, she loved. You mentioned Dick's to her. She'll go crazy. She loved Dick's. So I, <laughs> <laughs> that's my buddy Jan's in the round. We talk about each other's mama all the time. So you want to shop for his? His mama go to Dick's. She loved Dick's. Did but yeah, so Richard Pryor was telling a joke about the two guys with the biggest winnies in the world, and that two get up on, they went up on the Golden Gate Bridge, um, and so one dude pulled his thing out and. He said, "This water cold," and the place just went crazy, you know. And uh, and then when the other guy says with the tagger, 
and it deep too. So, <laughs> so I don't think that's not that's that's an older joke, but Richard Pryor made it famous and it's so good. To, well, I, fig- I figured Robin Harris was was literally paying tribute to him because he did it straight. I mean, it was like verbatim. You know, it was almost like yeah. you couldn't get mad. It was like, oh man, he was he was throwing some red at you that you didn't know. Yeah, yet. back in the day, it wasn't so important when Robin was doing jokes and we were just starting. It was just about being funny. You know, even mm. Bernie Mac, we're just being funny. You know, maybe you heard some somewhere. You just just being funny. Talk Did about you, being able to crack you up with just a look, man. Yeah. Bernie, don't try and tell you. Don't try and tell you. Now, don't move. <laughs> Two year old, she the ring leader. That was my. <laughs> She's a, she's a, for the devil. She's a, what is it? Bring me the seven years. She did this one. And she looking at me like I'm short. <laughs> Bust a motherfucking move. Bust a motherfucking move. Come on. You, 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 know. No, you know what's funny? I got one now. We, we adopted a little girl from India and she's two and a half and she is a fucking brigadier general. Literally. And I don't think I've told this on the podcast yet, although I've told a bunch of my friends. You know, I tower over her like if a yeah, giant. Yeah, yeah. And I t- she's so willful. And one time I was just like, no. And she looked up at me and she goes, Shh. And I was just like, whoa. And I thought about Bernie Mac. So yeah, exactly. Like, she's she's going to be the problem, man. Like you want to do something. Yeah, she was like, come on. I was just like, wow. And I tell you, she's going to be the CEO. She ain't going to be taking the orders from nobody. That's cool. You can mark my words right now. It's September 2020. She's got some Indian in her blood. She might be the president, too. You never know. Dude, she's smart as hell. She's already speaking English better than some of the kids in her class. And she got here knowing no English words. She only knew one Indian word. You told really? me she, you picked her up and she said a whole, a whole, she basically told you a story in full sentences, right? Oh yeah. Yesterday we, I got her, uh, or a day before yesterday, I picked her and she goes, dad, new baby at school. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then she told me she took a nap and then she, she opened her eyes. She said, uh-huh. awake. I was like, <laughs> you know, That's she is nice so thing. smart, man. Her teachers tell me all the time. They're like, we, we can't believe it. We were all worried. How's she adjusting? And she goes, like, shoot, she's running. She told the teacher she's not going to uh, Miss Anna's class anymore. She's going to oh. Miss Katia's class, which is the next class up. And they said she would have no part of, she graduated herself. Oh. And I go to school and the head of the whole school goes, which class are you going today? to today copy and yeah that's nice you got to remember this stuff man so you can talk about this stuff because yeah especially kids and i and i'm doing a bit now about i'm telling my friends stop bragging on your kids i said (laughs) one of my it's just i it's something we do you know you know that you don't mean we don't mean it with bullshit you know stop bragging on your kids (laughs) so my kid and this is a true story though he said that i my daughter's two years old. She's so smart, George. She's so she knows our different colors. She knows our hot dogs and different kind of meat. She's too. She's she's, she's doing this. She can count to a hundred. She can do all that. But but she's still shitting in her pants. <laughs> <laughs> so I love little stories like that. That is so nice. But she's still shitting oh, in her pants. Man. George, <laughs> I don't know what, so we, much what we've done today. Uh, this has been amazing. Hey, listen, so I don't. I'm, first of all, I don't have a job, and you're talking about um, having nothing to do. This is like this has been my, this has been a great lunch. 
Okay. Uh, it's yeah. an honor. It's an absolute it's honor. Great. If anybody ever falls out and you got, I don't, this is my first time meeting you guys, right? There's something about us comedy guys that it's a fraternity. Say that. It's yep. a fraternity. You know what it is? All bullshitters know each other. <laughs> yeah, we're just dented cans on the same shelf, George. That's yeah. it. Listen, That's it. this has been so wonderful. Um, Thank and I hope you. to get to see you. I, I'm surprised. I, why haven't I met you yet? Me? Yeah, you. Um, Dude, who the fuck I'm am I talking to? Well, I don't know if you, I don't know where you're looking. Maybe Otil. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like me? Yeah, we're both like you. I, I, um, we, met, we, we met very briefly at Gotham once. At Gotham. Passing, I, that's what I in thought. Passing. Moving in and out, right? Yeah, and moving in and out. And it's, that's one of the things, too, where it's like when you're running from spot to spot. You and were then run, you got, well, one of us was running. Yeah, I was I running I out. Gotham, you were coming in, yeah. I think, with Jerry. You were coming yeah. in with Jerry unannounced. And uh, that's always fun when you hear, boom. And that I, can, I wish I could cruise. come in and have some fun, but when I'm with him, he's fucking ready to go. Busy. Work, uh, work, 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 yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, well, a big shot. I guess you guys think he's a big shot, and I think he's, he's Jerry. But, you know, he's got things to do. He's got places to go. Come on. You're a big shot. You're a big shot. You're the doctor. I so. like I like talking. I like bullshit. I like hanging out. Come back him. on? Can you? Will you come do another another hang with oh, us oh, someday? No, oh, no, oh, no. That ain't going to happen. No, not today. <laughs> okay. Well. In that case, I was going to ask you. Anytime, to anytime uh, somebody falls out, anything like that, I just love to talk. And Can you and tell people where they can find your book? You can find my book. My, this is an older book. It's called Laugh It Off. I'm doing a new book right now. Uh, it's all finished. It's called Bull Twit. Nice. Bull Twit. It's 140 characters, 140 stories. <laughs> 140 Perfect. pages. And, it's a, and, and the hard copy is $140. Nice. But I, I said, put the hundred, you know, the, the, the book is 1995. I said, put that on, but the hardcover uh, um, signature, um, what do you call that? Uh, autograph. Autograph. I said, uh, put the $140 on him. We'll deal with it later. Just let it be a joke, you know, because <laughs> I'm only getting like 500 uh, hardcover books. I said, yeah, 140. Beautiful. Make everything 140, 140 pages. And I'm into the, I'm into tweeting and um, you're very uh, good at so it. So that's the new book. It's a bull twit. Pull to it. Then I want to write a book. I want to, my other book is going to be called uh, "There's Something Wrong with People in the South." There's something wrong with people in the South, and so that hits Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia. I think I could do it regionally. So talking about everybody, you know. And then I wanted to write a book called "How Trump Fucked Up My Life." <laughs> <laughs> if you need a co-author, I think I can help you out with that one. I, I, no, I, I, I think I said maybe I need to go to comedians also to see how he fucked up their lives because I can't visit anybody anymore, even my family. You know, my daughter came by to see me back in March when it was really serious. She, and I live on the 25th floor. And I was out on the balcony and I waved at her ass and told her to keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> so like, That's yeah, how I visit my grandparents. Have, yeah, nobody can have sex anymore. You can't go to church. Um, uh, you can't go buy groceries. I don't. I haven't been in a grocery store since March. But he's, he's, my life is different. My life. I can't go. I can't go to clubs. I can't do what I, I can't be me. We needed each other. We, we we comics like you said. There's that brotherhood where if I, I could be with my best friend from growing Wait. up who doesn't do stand up, and then say the it. minute I see a comic, say it. Keep bullshitters. Going. Bullshitters. Recognize bullshitters. <laughs> so, you know, listen, I, tell, I try to explain this to people. You can walk into a comedy club with your wife, with your wife, into the comedy club, and you'll see a table of comics going, I'll be right back. Exactly. <laughs> There's something. Yep. 
while us dented cans we I don't gravitate know, towards like, each other. You can't go to the table, but I'll be right back. I'll be right back. You stand, you stand over here. I'll be right back. It's something, when you see those comedians, it's... Yeah, and nothing's better when someone you respect comes up and goes, tell me what you think about this idea. Yeah. Or tell me what you think about this. And it's like, oh, thank you. That must be like, you know, it's just the greatest feeling in the world when someone wants to know what your input is on their thought. Of course. And what we did back in the day... Uh, someone would come up and say, you know what you need to do? You need to tag that joke. Maybe change it around a little bit and do this. And, and that would be great too when someone would tag a joke for you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, that's good. And then you can go back a week later and say, that shit wasn't fun at all. That didn't work at all. <laughs> Tech sucked. <laughs> George, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank really, me. Really thank you guys. I, you guys, I'm sitting here, of course, and I couldn't get up. It's hotter than hell in here. I couldn't go turn the air on. So, <laughs> we'll go turn the air turn on that air, man. I can't get up right now because I'm in my underwear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, let's kill it. Let's we'll get. Like, but all, all and, and everybody does that anymore. And but it's true, you know. You're sitting at home. You're on a Zoom or whatever you're doing. There's no need to get dressed. But that's one thing. My daughter does. My daughter she gets dressed every day as if she's going to work i like that i just say you know that's pretty cool i'm gonna i'm gonna get dressed every day to pretend that i'm working so i want to get yeah. dressed on sunday and pretend i'm at church so i can get me some good sleep make sure i get some good sleep on sunday because nice. there's no better sleep than church sleep he sure is praying a long time <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's you doing that meditation that jerry taught you <laughs> <laughs> well i hope you'll come sunday back night. man because i are you I kidding really ask so you much about, more to ask you man yeah we got so much so many other things we, we need to talk sales about. too i did sales too and i gotta ask you, you some stuff about that yeah it, you man do me a favor i'm really i'm 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 all hopped up now i'm hopped up the old people <laughs> see that's that's another southern one, right? I'm all hopped up. Hopped you up. guys call me back anytime. And thank you for your uh, friendship. Thank oh, you God, for man. introducing yourselves. It's an honor. And, uh, meeting you guys. You've made my day. And God bless you. And something good is going to happen to you, whether you like it or not. And this is a George Wallace saying, I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Thank Amen. you, George. Thank Amen. you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And follow George on Twitter. He's hilarious. And so uh, we will catch you next week, everybody. Voted the top 25 funniest tweeters in the world by Rolling Stone magazine. And I was voted the number one funniest tweeter by Playboy magazine. I didn't even know they were still in business. <laughs> <laughs> and voted the world's funniest doctor by Dr. Magazine. Thank Dr. You. Wallace. Dr. Wallace. <laughs>and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 